here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob McCarron. Hashtag authority. Hashtag Steph Bouncy. Hashtag SmackDown 15. Jeff Hawkins. You done digging that hole? You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Dance on your grave, dirt sheet writer. It's Shake Them Ropes, episode 50. Rob McCarron here. Today on the show, we are going to talk some Raw from this week. The build-up to Survivor Series happening this Sunday. We're also going to talk about Finn Balor's first match in NXT. Finn Balor debuting, having a tag match. More matches to come. Everyone's excited about NXT. We're excited here on Shake Them Ropes about NXT, so we're going to get into that. And we are also going to discuss and review... Triple H versus Chris Jericho from Fully Loaded 2000, which is number 100 on WWE.com's top 100 matches on WWE Network to see before you die. So we're going to watch all 100. We are going to see them, hopefully, before we die. And we are, each week, going to go from 100 down to 1, discussing a match on the list and go into it a little bit. So we're starting this week with number 100 and we'll roll right on down the list. If you have any comments, whether it's questions, whether it's you think one of the matches is in a bad place or you just have anything you want to get your two cents in on anything on this list or anything else from today's show, make sure you contact us on Twitter at shake them ropes. You can leave us a voicemail or call in during any of our live shows at 260-494-3811 or on Skype. Our Skype name is Let's Say Things. That's all one word. Let's Say Things. All one word. We are going to have a live show on Sunday, this Sunday, right after Survivor Series. The show will take place at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Whenever Survivor Series ends, top of that hour, We are going to run down the matches, talk about them, find out where WWE is going from there with TLC being the next pay-per-view, and we will take your calls live. So we're going to take your calls, your tweets, join in the conversation. You can listen to the show live as we are recording at shakethemropes.com, and then the podcast will be available like normal immediately afterwards. We will be joined by a special guest talking Survivor Series at Dylan Waco. On Twitter, Dylan Hales is going to join us. So if you want to get yourself familiar with Dylan, follow him on Twitter at Dylan Waco or follow us at shakethemropes.com. But yeah, that'll be fun. We're going to talk to Dylan about Survivor Series and hopefully avoid an argument over Sting's Hall of Fame candidacy between him and Jeff. That is Shake Them Ropes coming up on Sunday, but a fun packed show coming for you next. Right after this, we'll be back with Jeff Hawkins. For Shake Them Ropes, episode 50. 
Hello and welcome everybody to Shake Them Ropes. It is our 50th episode. Rob McCarron mm. here, Jeff Hawkins here as well with a working microphone and working <laughs> Skype now. <laughs> How are you today? Well, apparently in the Sun Tzu calendar of intimidating phrases, the word of the day yesterday was decimate. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was definitely said a lot. <laughs> We're going to decimate the decimation of the decimate, 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 decimate. I heard, I heard it quite a bit. It was, I counted it. It was either six or seven times in the opening monologue and then like four or five times in the closing. Yeah, it was, there were a lot of words. There were quite a few people on the Twitter feed having drinking games of the <laughs> word decimate. First time with a thesaurus, Mr. McMahon. Yeah, they like that word. I've heard it before. I um, like this word. I just don't like it. Repeat it. Yeah. I <laughs> I want to get into some breaking news that apparently is legit as far as I know. Okay, here we go. Right now. Breaking news that I'm just figuring out has to do with WWE main event All right. on the network tonight, or for those listening on the podcast earlier and available 24-7. <laughs> um, I want to give you, it's a tag team match. All right. Tyson Kidd. Okay. And Natalia versus Adam Rose and the Bunny is being advertised for main event tonight. <laughs> they are advertising it as an interspecies match. <laughs> of course they are. They're just out there having fun. I didn't tell you this before we went on the air because I wanted to get your legit reaction. <laughs> I, I hate. <laughs> It's fun, right? That's fun. No, fun for no. the kids. Get the kids to sign up for the network. Tyson Kidd's been the best thing about this week in wrestling. Really? For me. Between SmackDown, NXT, yeah. And and this now? Come on, man. I'm looking forward to watching some main event. I'm looking forward to Adam Rose hitting the bunny again. Yeah, well, that's going to happen. I Natalia. I don't know if WWE thinks Natalia the is a different sexual, species. The, the sexual assault bunny. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was uh, quite something. I I commented on Twitter that Raw last night was oddly sexual in a lot of weird ways, and that was one of them. Yeah. Was especially the commentary reaction to the Between. bunny. Between the bunny and Lana, I think 15 kids went into puberty instantly in that crowd last night. The bunny gets a go-behind on Adam Rose and then really <laughs> goes at it. And JBL's out there just yelling, it's nature. It's only natural. And I thought to myself, how many times in the mid-90s do you think JBL was in a similar position yelling, it's only nature? Ask Jericho. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, it was an f- interesting Raw. A lot of negative opinions out there that I'm reading. I thought yeah. it was I thought it was an okay show, and I was trying to be listen. I'm trying to be Mister Super Positive mm-hmm. this week. I I will not, but continue, Mister Positive on this week, giving him Probably. a break. Because let's be honest, it hasn't been the best stretch of shows. But if we go back in time, there were some streaks in the mid 2000s, and even in 2011, 2012, that I'm sure were. Worse. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about great ideas with no logic behind them. That's the thing. The best booked heel in this company right now is John Cena. 
Last night, John Cena was the best heel on this show. He didn't help his friends. He basically, he talked smack to his friends and insulted them to his face. Or we got a replay of it. Uh, <laughs> we got we got a belittling of everybody else on the roster. Yeah, there was a lot of that. He doesn't care about wins and losses. They don't affect him at all because he's the best and he works harder than everybody else. He's the best heel on this roster. It was an interesting idea. I mean, I know they wanted to save John Cena alive in the building for the end so that he gets the big reaction. So that's why you don't have him come out and help anyone during the show. But when you're just looking at it from a viewer's perspective, this guy at the end of the night, John Cena, was so desperate hoping that some people would come out and help him in the main event and join his team the same people that he avoided like the plague during the show that he didn't it's want to assist. These were his teammates being taken down. And as team captain, he was just standing in the back, watching a monitor, letting it happen. At least I believe Luke Harper, when he says he's a team player, not so sure about John Cena. He's a team and you're player. And you're, and you're building a team thing. Team has your name on it, fool. Go help your friends. So we're going to talk about the, some of the big things coming up for, uh, from Raw last night going into Survivor Series. We're going to do our Survivor Series predictions. We have some NXT talk. We're going to debut our weekly review of WWE Network's top 100 matches to see before you die. So Mm -hmm. we're going to start with 100, and each week we'll whittle our way down all the way to number one. So coming up later, Chris Jericho and Triple H from Fully Loaded 2000, one of the best matches of the year 2000. We're going to review yeah. that one. Uh, you can listen live to us each week at shakethemropes.com. We're live now. Uh, we're going to be live this Sunday with a special post-Survivor Series show coming up right at 11 p.m. Eastern. So as soon as Survivor Series ends, you can come join Jeff and I and our special guest talking about Survivor Series. So that'll be fun. Uh, so go to shakethemropes.com for all the information. Let's start this week with a little bit more about Raw uh, so we talked a little about the storyline all throughout the show with John Cena. Uh, let's start with one of the first things to happen on the show, and that was Luke Harper winning the Intercontinental Championship from Dolph Ziggler. What were your immediate reactions to that, and what do you think about this new Luke Harper? I like Luke Harper, so I'm all for it. <laughs> I didn't realize uh, I didn't. Were... I didn't like the I didn't like the belt being dropped at this time necessarily, and I didn't like Ziggler being punked out by the Stooges. But Luke Harper's Intercontinental Champion, as a theory, I have no problem with. Oh, you wanted to skip over the 17-minute promo? Because I didn't. Well, go ahead and talk about the 17-minute opening promo. I mean, the same thing could have been said in about two minutes from all of these guys. What I will say say about this promo, and then let you get into the meat of it, is the way the Ryback just huffed and puffed off stage was one of the worst things I've ever seen. You're monologuing. That's that's the, that's the other issue I'm sort of starting to have with all these interviews. Is that at least you know when you had Okerlund or someone like that, he he gave some interplay in there. These guys are just talking at you, and you have to wait until everybody's done. It's the Stefan Triple H show. I mean, you're the leader of your team barely spoke except on commentary. And 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 oh, get out, get out your. Uh, Vince McMahon bingo cards, kids, because here we go. Oh, look, we buried Nitro again. I I did love the line that the inmates were running the asylum. Yes, the same inmates that were Triple H's friends and were all hired back by WWE, including the guy you get out there to shill your network the most, the Hulkster. (laughs) 
<laughs> that just the more he runs that victory lap, the angrier I get. And this was the one thing I wanted to touch upon with, uh, I watched rivalries this week. I watched the flare dusty episode, which mm-hmm. is really, really good with the exception that they purposely shoehorned in, in 1984 wrestling was changing or sports entertainment was changing as Vince McMahon unveiled WrestleMania that had absolutely no contextual need for it in the middle of the special. Just to remind you that Vince McMahon created WrestleMania and that he won. All true. <laughs> Just created and he won. And Steph is yeah, Steph is taking five minutes to say what could be said in thirty seconds. Well, they were all, that was that was a big problem with it. it. You know, Triple H and Stephanie are saying the same things over, and then in the main event segment, they came out and said virtually identical things as well. Yeah. Um, so I, it's one of those segments that it just went way longer than it did. I like the Ryback coming out. And again, it was kind of the Ryback focus on today's show. And the whole storyline at the end was which team Ryback was going to choose. And would he actually participate in the match? And, oh, in, the yes. end, and what, in the end, he a, does. What a, what a mystery that was. Yeah. In the end, he does. I actually tell you leading up to the end, I did not know if the Ryback would actually be in the match. Cause again, I said this last week that I would rather them put him in a singles match and just be on his own side instead of picking one of these teams. But in the end, they actually did what seemed obvious. And the right. I admittedly, yeah, I admittedly got swerved by Cesaro coming out. Um, I at first when Cesaro then, comes then... out, I'm thinking <laughs> not really like you can't really be doing this. Something's going on here. Cesaro's going to be just beaten up by everybody or something because there's no good that can come from Cesaro. I, I kind of thought, OK, maybe he's going to come out and shoot on the authority like I've been be- held down for. You know, I'm putting on the best matches kind of deal. I don't know, but uh-huh. that would inquire them to uh, that would require them to let him talk. So that wasn't going to happen. Uh, yeah, it was just a one-off joke. It was not just it was ugh. the swerve for trying to just create a swerve. Like let's send Cesaro out there so that the Ryback coming out is somewhat of a surprise at this point. But See, again, I, I thought it was going to be like now six on five, but I guess he's not even a member of the team. He just did that to screw with everybody. He just came out to show that hey, he's another option that John Cena had that was not going to join John Cena. Wanted to put him on Team Authority side. Even though their team was full, he wanted to go on that side. But getting back to Ryback, making him a focus on the show was not a bad thing. I like that aspect of it. Yeah. You don't put him in a 14-minute match, but... (laughs) Um, I don't know after him being out for three months if that's the smartest thing to do, but at the same time, he's going to have to work these long matches. I don't think you hide him from long matches later on. Um, and if you're going to put him in a 14-minute match, you know what? Cesaro might be the best person to do it with, him or Sheamus. I guess. So if you're going to do that, why not? Yeah. You know, put him on TV for a while. I think the average WWE fan is not sitting there thinking, oh, this is the worst thing I'm ever seeing. No. They're no, seeing, they're not. They're seeing two big guys go back and forth. I thought Cesaro and the Ryback was actually one of the highlights of the show. And then I'm Oh, reading, I agree. Yeah. And, and, you know, too many people are talking about, oh, you put Ryback in a 14-minute match. Yeah, he's going to have to start working 20 if they want him to be a main eventer. So what's 14 minutes with one of the best workers in the company? I don't think he quite has the reaction back that he had those first couple of weeks, but he's getting there. Well, because the, the crowd was confused as to how to think of this guy. Because yeah. he's doing last week the whole turn where he's a member of Team Authority for two hours. And then, then he's on Team Ryback, so we don't know what he is yet. And yeah, finally... Finally, yeah, yeah ju- finally, no, now we, we know what he is now. Yeah. So that's good. I think the reactions will start coming back because the average WWE fan 
wants to cheer someone new and they want to cheer someone they think can beat up a lot of dudes. And the Ryback is that type of guy. I see. That's the part I slightly disagree with you on. I don't know if they want to see a guy that can beat up a lot of dudes. I think they want to see a guy they like. And I don't think they necessarily like Ryback. I think I think he's someone new, so they're cheering. But I maybe I'm alone on this. I think the, the Ryback the, the, is a likable guy. The Goldberg chants are back. Yeah. Um Yeah, because I don't know. No. I, I hope it's good. I mean I, I mean don't get me wrong, I just you know, that's the guy they're going to push because that's obviously the type of guy that Vince wants to push. So, you know, you got to hope for the best. How about that? And, and he does have personality. Yes, he does have great personality. The absolutely. problem is this is where they start to overscript things. Uh-huh. You can't. And they'll start making eating puns again we, or whatever. We talked about overscripting Roman Reigns when he was here. And again, the Ryback is a guy that's benefiting from Roman Reigns being out. But. Ryback is going to get in that same mode. They're going to start writing words for him. And the Ryback, Roman Reigns, those are guys that should just go out there, say they're going to beat people up in one minute, and after they're done with their one-minute speech like Ryback in the opening segment, don't act like a kid on the playground who just got bullied and walk off depressed. He looked sad when he was leaving. Yeah. That was just a weird way to end a segment for Ryback. Growl, say no more than four words, hurt people, leave. Yeah, uh, awful, <laughs> awful Jack on Twitter is responding that Ryback, uh, he's agreeing with you, which is odd. Ryback got no, the return that, reaction. That was just for this show. Shut your hole. Ryback got the return reaction, but it's gone now. Never saw it as a long-term return. Uh, Cody on Twitter, when we're, t- we're going to take predictions. Uh, Cody on Twitter says the authority will win via someone turning or some type of screwy finish, but Randy thinking- Orton will make a hero's return at the end to at least Mm. give the uh, crowd something to cheer for at the way in. So we got one early authority winning prediction. Well, it's actually not a bad prediction on all that, including the Orton comes in to save the day part two. So we have our full main event. It was not until 11.09 PM Eastern that we actually had the main event for survivor series, or at least the participants in it. Uh, Yeah. John Cena, the Ryback, Dolph Ziggler, big show and Eric Rowan. Yes. As the fourth slash fifth member of the team. What did you think about Rowan coming in as a teammate I... of John Cena? It was such an anticlimactic thing for me because it's like, oh, music I don't recognize. Who? Oh, it's it's the guy in the sheep mask who's are you, had the stuff. Wait, are, you, are you saying you didn't recognize the music? I didn't necessarily recognize the music. Oh, it's been the Wyatt theme music for a while. They just haven't been on oh, TV. Oh, that one? So. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I recognize the music. I'm like, are they really doing Rowan? Because yeah. for the last few weeks, he's been a stalker of Renee Young. See, I'm surprised you're not angrier at this. I like Rowan getting Be, involved in well, something. Well, yes. But I like the it's theme a, music. It's a, it's like a feud with Luke Harper. And remember when, oh, there's nothing. There, you, you were saying for weeks, I really don't want that that contrived breakup yeah. thing where the two partners are going up against each other. And yet, and, yep. and you know, the way they do it, if, if they come around again, naturally, then you have this backstory. Well, guess what? Well, Within a month, they're now up against one another. And that's how, that's how they scripted. It was, he came out because Luke Harper joined the authority. Rob, the nerd on Twitter says, whoever wins will make no difference. And we'll, we'll get to that. Um, I agree with that too. Eric Rowan. Because it's all about Stephanie. Here, I'm oh, going to go be ahead. super positive about Eric Rowan here now. All right. 
First of all, got into a conversation with our special guest who's going to be on our Survivor Series post show, Dylan Hales. Dylan Hales is talking a lot now, and you can follow him at Dylan Waco. He's talking about the Wrestling Observer Year-End Awards because it is coming up on award season. Yes. He has Rowan, possibly, in his top three for most improved. Now, yes, I don't know about that just for the fact that Rowan hasn't done anything this year. He has been a part of some pretty good feuds with the Wyatt family and the Usos and then the Wyatt family and the Shield. But within those feuds, Rowan has literally not done anything. He is in, no, ma- but he is in matches. Hold on. He is in matches for about two minutes at a time doing basic big man stuff that you would do after a year of training. I don't know if he's done anything. He hasn't talked. I don't know how you could say most improved when he's still doing nothing like he was in 2013. But aside from that, I think Rowan's going to be an absolutely wonderful candidate in 2015 if he keeps on this trajectory. At the end of the year next year, we're going to be talking about how improved Rowan is, and I'm fine with that. I like them making new people. I think Rowan could be absolutely okay. I love the theme music. I don't know if he's going to keep it. I kind of wish Luke Harper got the theme music, but Rowan was the one to come out to it last night, so we'll see with that. But I, I like Roman, or Rowan here. I will say positive things about the breakup, because yes, we talked about how I like the teams that just break up and go their separate ways. We had it last week with the Ryback and Curtis Axel, and I thought we were getting that too with Luke Harper and Rowan, but they broke up. It was amicable. We never really saw it, but it was amicable. Now Rowan, he has nothing. This was his only way to get into something for Survivor Series, if this were real. His only way was to join Team Cena. So he says, I want to get a main event slot. I'll go join Team Cena. Luke Harper is confused. Like, why is my buddy joining the opposite team? I don't know if they're going to go hard at it. I think we're going to get on Sunday a big spot with those two in the center of the ring facing off for the first time, and it's going to be amazing. I could see them battling each other, or maybe other guys run in before they can battle, so we're still set to see what happens there. Last week, we predicted Dolph Ziggler and Luke Harper to be the feud going forward. Well, that looks to be over. They did it last night on Raw. So now, Rowan and Harper, two big guys going at it. I don't know if that's going to happen at TLC, if that's going to happen later, but I'm going to leave it time. I'm, I was enthused, I'll say that, to end my little rant here. I was enthused by Rowan getting the main event spot. I was surprised. I look forward to see what they do with him. I'll look forward to see what they do with the breakup of Luke Harper. Okay. A few things that I need to touch on here. Uh, The Ryback-Axel breakup. Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. Um, (laughs) They're a heel team. So let them be kind of funny going out, especially if you're making Ryback a face. I had no issue with that. I don't know why pe- people were critical of that so much because they're not going to do anything with Axel anyways. Nope. Uh, Dylan's uh, top three and most improved. Definitely. Because when he was brought up, he uh, he was inept to a certain point. Or maybe it was stage fright or jitters or something. But now he's competent bordering on quite entertaining at times. Uh, definitely. You're, you're not grading on, did he improve from, you know, being merely eh to superstar. You're, you're grading on how improved he was and definitely top three. I'd put him, maybe Sasha and maybe Charlotte in there. My just, top three. I just don't see it. 
I don't see at all how you could say he's had seven singles matches all year long. He was unwatchable when they first brought him up with the Wyatts. And what has he done? What has he done? Every time they every time they tagged him in, you dreaded it because it just looked bad. All right. Now he's competent, at least. I mean, he's in the main event at a free show, mind you, but he's in the main event. I have Rusev uh, at number one, just to put that out there. I think I have Sasha at number hold two. Hold on. Hold on. Rus- this, is, this is an argument I don't get. Rusev was great in NXT. How is he most improved by just coming up to the main roster? He was great in NXT this same year, though. From December to April, he was great in NXT. He only debuted in WWE in April. All right. He was great in NXT this year. It's not like he was this amazing superstar in NXT in 2013. Yeah, but he was amazing the whole way through. I mean, that might get best rookie, but most improved? That means he's actually shown improvement when he was already pretty darn good. Now, granted, he hasn't done a lot of singles matches in WWE. Well, he's done a lot of singles matches, but a lot of them with the same opponents. He hasn't had a main event singles match yet, except for that uh, match with Sheamus, which I thought was great. Um, He wasn't having those type of singles matches in NXT. Okay. Let me throw this out at you as a as a theory that I read and I don't necessarily buy into. Do you think Sheamus might be a turncoat here since he's kind of gotten knocked out of the match? That was a weird one because you're keeping Sheamus off the pay-per-view that only has four matches. Now mm-hmm. you've taken another guy out of someone who can possibly be on the undercard. Now Sheamus can't be in a match. So maybe right. he turns. Maybe, I tell you what, Everything gets redeemed here if Sheamus comes out on Sunday, turns on Team Cena, and says the reason was because when he was laid out, John Cena didn't come to help him. Yes. So you can still use that reasoning. Any any of these guys, you could turn turn and say that, to be honest, except for yeah. uh, Rowan. Except for Big Show, too, I think. And Well, all these guys have turned on Cena at one point or another in their careers. Well, yeah. well, yeah, well I mean, John Cena didn't come out to stop Big Show and and... Seamus from fighting saying hey you can't you see what's happening here yeah but at the same time big show this is a guy who for the last just two got months, turned on yeah he's a, for the last two months also told mark henry not to interfere in his matches either true so i mean it kind of goes as a precedent there um well both, Zieg- both ziegler and Seamus would be fine candidates to turn triple h going through the table at the end of raw significance to that at all Mm, I still think he should have been involved in this match, uh, given the circumstances. Uh, Only significant in so much as I think the stare between him and Ryback meant something. Meant that they might be thinking about matching the two of them up for a big show. You can take that a lot of ways, because if they use this segment on Raw, you can do the Triple H Ryback, which, yes, if that's... I, I could definitely see that happening. Or even a triple threat. You can do John Cena Triple H... You still got to do, out of all of them, the big one that I think people, I I was going to say that people would want to see, but they've seen it so many times, and it was one of the bigger duds of a main event at WrestleMania. Randy Orton Triple H is the most logical Mm. match at this point. But would people rather see Triple H and Ryback? I tell you what, if you want Ryback to improve, giving him a 15 to 20 minute main event match with Triple H is probably the best way to do it. Perhaps. I'm just thinking that they're going to make Ryback a tweener after this. He's going to be Team Ryback, not necessarily team, team Good Guy. And they might be setting up the triple threat here. But, you know, I wouldn't mind a Triple H Ryback match. I'm See, I'm not as high on you as, as a Triple H Ryback match. I think Triple H working with Ryback, <laughs> there is the chance he gets frustrated. 
There is. There is. I don't know, but yeah, I would I would be interested in that match to say, you know, I'm going to TLC. I don't know what they're going to do for TLC, but Oh, Triple H ain't going to tr- TLC. I don't, I don't think... This would be this would be a Royal Rumble match if anything. Yeah, probably. Or maybe they load it all up to WrestleMania. I don't know. I like again, we said TLC is only 3 weeks after the Survivor Series. Um Let's, uh, anything else from Raw, and then we're going to get into our Survivor Series predictions. Well, let's see. I was shocked that they actually used <laughs> historical footage to describe something. Yeah. That that blew me away. For all those Since people that were matter. hoping that, uh, we'll get in. Oh, you know what? That's one thing. Okay, so okay. John Cena makes his first appearance on the show via that callback to last year with the Ryback-John Cena feud. We... Didn't get an opening promo of John Cena telling jokes in person, but we got it through video. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. And then later in the main event segment, Oof. when John Cena comes out and he chastises Triple H for telling jokes in this serious situation, Triple H is kind of mocking John Cena and his team a little bit. John Cena goes, oh, you got jokes. Funny. And then five minutes later, after chastising Triple H for telling jokes in this serious situation, what is John Cena doing? He's telling jokes in this the irony, situation. Yeah, the irony is Triple H and John Cena only have two promos amongst them. <laughs> they have the the I work hard and I'm the best and the and the belittle your opponent and emasculate them. Although Triple with the, H with, used... the, with the ex- well with the exception that the Triple H promo, the guy in their feud always has to start with I respect you Triple H, which takes out all the heat of any feud he's in. A lot of Fools on Twitter speaking when Triple H kind of broke from his serious wrestler promo in the main event segment to the, uh, you know, shoot style. Oh, yeah. And people are like, oh, I think Triple H forgot his lines. No, he was breaking. The point was he was going to come at us as Paul Levesque. We in the universe don't know what it takes to be a wrestler. True. I I didn't know if this was the type of story that really needed to be using the Paul Levesque shoot promo style. Other things from Raw. is <laughs> Dean Ambrose Wyatt match. I have, they're not talking me into it. I'm interested in the two of them because I like the two of them, but their interplay has been, and especially given what's going to happen possibly on SmackDown with the, what is it, the survival kit uh, sketch? Yeah, I mean, Wacky more props. comedy again from more Dean props. Ambrose. More props Karen for Dean Tom. Ambrose. Oh, well, let's, let's actually start uh, with the Survivor well, hold Series. On. Hold what, on, I have one more thing from Raw. There wasn't that I much wanna... on Raw this week. No, but I want to <laughs> ask you a question, because this, genu- this is one of those actual genuine questions where I have doubts oh, yeah? about why they did something. Okay. And it's about the AJ, Nikki, Brie. AJ, Nikki, uh, Brie. The Bella segment. Twins and AJ Lee. Yep. Yes, and and Brie once again Sweetheart. killing it, killing it as AJ. Then the sexy Reservoir Dogs thing from last week, love it. Um, so AJ, uh, after helping out Brie, then uh, attacks her. Well, I don't after... know if she was so much helping out Brie as she was attacking her opponent on Sunday. Fair. Uh, and, and also the t- after Bree starts doing the yes chant. Now, was it A, just a one-time thing to sh- make AJ kind of a person who doesn't like anybody? 
Was it a subtle burial of the yes chant because of the timing of it? Or was it a possible hint that Bree may actually turn on AJ and help her sister? Are well, any of the last two possible, or was it just a one-time thing? First of all, AJ has no friends. This has been the okay. story all year. So she's yes. going to attack whoever she wants. She right. comes in when Nikki is in a vulnerable uh, vulnerable position. She's got Bree up for the rack attack. So it's an yes. easy target. Mm-hmm. It's her opponent on Sunday. I think it gives you a slight reason for Bree to help Nikki win. But the other one, and I really hope the announcers put this over, and I have no faith that they will. You know, you can say that Bree's going to help Nikki win because AJ kicked her on Raw. But Bree should want Nikki to win so that when Bree beats Nikki eventually, it's for the title also. True. Get that title on your sister so you can beat her and take that title from her. And I believe the 30 days runs out after main. It event. runs out shortly after. So Next week. Yeah, I mean, you're going to do the Survivor Series. Her 30 days will be up, and then that's your next feud is the Bellas. Yeah. So I, okay, I just, let's let's do our prediction game and get to NXT because I love NXT. Yeah, and I so talk about let's it. go ahead and start with that Nikki and AJ match. And you know what we're gonna do? So every prediction we've done prior has been practice. Oh, oh shut! Oh, now you want to keep score because I'm gonna I've been keep killing score now. you. We're gonna keep score oh, no, now. No, we, no, I'm gonna go back to nope. the other shows. Now and it's take real. Score. Those you are. That oh, was the preseason. Now, suck. now we're in the regular season. Oh, oh so we're gonna start. I'm gonna even keep track. We're gonna keep a running tally. In our show notes. Um, let's start with Nikki and AJ. Who's winning Nikki. the Divas Championship? Nikki, I think she... Re- uh, AJ's the champion, right? Yep, so I think Nikki's going to win it. I'll put you down for Nikki. I'll put myself down for Nikki. And I got to tell you, a good start for me. Um, Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt. And after this match, by the way, we're halfway through the card. <laughs> Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt, who gets the win here? Oh, let's see. Bray's been getting the upper hand of late. Mm-hmm. The team hasn't won in so long. <laughs> yep. And Bray just Bray just came back. And there'll probably be a stipulation at TLC so that they can do a hardcore thing. I'm going to say yep. Bray. Ah, I was really hoping you would say Dean so I would have a different one on you. But yeah, I'm going with Bray too because I think this is going to lead up to something at TLC. I don't know what exactly, but I don't think you have Bray lose his first match back, even though you did have Dean lose his first match back. Um, Yeah, to keep it going, I think you just do that. Mm -hmm. Third match on the show. Heading into the home stretch here. Um, (laughs) The four-way, fatal four-way for the tag team titles. We got the Usos against the Mizzes, against the Dusts, against the Matadors. Mm Mm-hmm. The champions currently, I believe, are gold and stardust. You would be correct. They have the cosmic key. Who will have the cosmic key coming out of this show? The Mizzes. Really? Really, the Mizzes? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to start... Uh, it's going to be the standard tag team partners who have tension between them. Angle. Are you sure you want to go with that? I'll give you one chance to pick someone else. Why? What do you know that I don't? I don't know anything. I just want to give you one shot to pick someone else in case you're hedging your bet. Are you sure on the misses? Nah, I'm not sure, but that's who I'm picking. Ah, damn it. I'm picking the misses too. Ha <laughs> ha! You suck! I, I need to get a win here. Um, mm. I, think, I think it fits perfectly. First of all, they're putting more focus on those two. Yes. Um, 
I just, I think they get the tag team titles and they do something else. What can Golden Stardust do now with the tag team titles? Their reign has basically been an empty void of anything. They'll probably break them up. Yeah. Um, so we got the Mrs. Uh, mm-hmm. It's main event time. Before yes. we do that, let's do, this won't count towards the rankings because it's a pre-show match and we don't okay. even know who his opponent is. Stupid rankings. I think Go it'll ahead. be Adam Rose. Um, Fandango. <laughs> or Fandango, actually. Fandango is coming back. And, and Rosa. Yeah. <laughs> thoughts on that one? You think he's going to win his comeback match? Oh, I have plenty of thoughts on that one. None of them positive. Keep Let's get to... uh, Okay. All right. Um, I think Fandango wins his comeback match. Why would you not? Uh... All right. So let's get into the heart of it. Uh, mm. Before we do this, Grumpy Cat. Anything we have to say about Grumpy Cat from Raw? I enjoyed Grumpy Cat. They didn't plug the movie at all. They kept it somewhat uh, short. The, 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 the pictures that they took uh, backstage, have you seen those? I've seen I, some I of them. I sent you that link. I the Cesaro it. one is yeah. fantastic. What does it say? Kataro or something? Uh, uh, yeah, Katsaro. Katsaro, yeah. Pew, pew. Yeah, it, it was a meme. He was uh, quite popular backstage. I actually liked the Miz interaction. Yeah, You gotta understand, <laughs> Miz is... What WWE says it wants. He's an entertainer. He yeah. wants to be on TV. He's a nice enough guy. I like him. I think um, he's having a ball with it too. And he, yeah, oh, he's he's it's it's like hey, it's like sketch comedy. I can go out there and and, and play it. He, this is his version of being on Saturday Night Live. He loves it. So you know yeah, what? people are really buying this gimmick that started subtly and now it's really becoming a big part of the match. Is anytime the misses are teaming together, you know, everyone <laughs> wants to see Damian get in that match. I and like Miz that. will never yeah. tag him. He'll fake him out every time. And then last night, he he Damien gets tagged in. Miz lets him soak up all the cheers. And the crowd's going wild that Damien <laughs> finally gets in. And Miz cool. says, fuck that. I'm going to tag you out. Yeah. Gets no, right back was, out of there. That was great. I actually really enjoyed the spot where I think it was like Los Matadores are both in the ring on opposite corners, you know, cheering because they just got rid of the guys. Mm-hmm. And and Damien just runs in the middle, does a back flip does the back bump because that's what happened to Miz and rolls out yeah just random yeah I'm I'm Uh I'm starting to like the subtle stuff that they're doing more so than because again when it was subtle and Damien was doing the last because it ain't gonna last much longer yeah when Damien was doing the mimicking and it was subtle it was great now it's a little over the top so be it but uh, we'll get into this main event here it is Team Cena versus Team Authority Uh, people are kind of split on Twitter about who's gonna win this one some people think no matter who wins it doesn't matter everything will be the same um, I'll let you go first with this one. Team Cena against the authority of Rollins, Kane, Rusev, Henry, and Harper. Or do you want me to go first? You should go first. I I've been first. first on every other thing. All right. I will... Uh... All right, so I've won the coin toss. Mm-hmm. I will defer. Go ahead. No, no, no you can't. <laughs> um, all right, so doesn't it make all the sense in the world? All the sense in the world to have Team Cena win here? After everything they've done, I mean, obviously Vince comes back to make the stipulation announcement because there needs to be a change in the in what's going on on TV. And it, that's how I'm seeing this. Like, they know there needs to be a change of something, and I think this is the change they're making. But at the same time, if your story is going to be Randy Orton versus the Authority, the Authority should still have control if Randy Orton's going to be a big part. Because John Cena doesn't need to be in this battle. He's going to be getting title shots or title shots coming up doesn't need to be in any authority battle. None of the other guys in this match need to be in an authority battle. The battle is all about Rollins, Randy Orton, Triple H. So mm-hmm. 
they need to be in power for that to continue. If Randy Orton comes back, and I'll go with one of our Twitter comments who thinks the authority wins and then Randy Orton comes back to kind of steal their thunder. I think the authority wins just because there's more to the story. And the story involves Randy Orton, and you can't finish it without him. So I'll go Team Authority getting the win on this match. That is fascinating. Is it, though? I'm just trying to say a lot of words to pick Uh, a team. No, I know you were hedging, but at the same time... Here's here. I mean, I can see another thing where, where much like the post after the authority versus, or was it authority or was it evolution? Evolution versus the shield mm-hmm. match, where it's like, yeah, you guys beat us, but we always have the upper hand. Boom, here's our newest member. You know, I can see something like that and having the authority win. So are you picking That's, the authority? Uh, no. Ooh, swerve. I don't think I am. Okay. Because because part of me also thinks it's very compelling to WWE to do the storyline of, well, what do Stephanie and Triple H do now that they're out of power and how do they get back into power? The only reason to make this stipulation is to have the stipulation come true. Yeah. Because there is no stipulation on the face team whatsoever. Right. I think it's going to be overbooked as hell. Well, it's, gonna, I think, it's going about 90 to 100 minutes with entrances based on the rest of this card. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be a long one regardless. And I think in order to get the na na hey hey song in there, I do believe that somehow, some way, Team C, and because this is how it was built on Raw, Team Cena somehow overcomes insurmountable odds to win. You've gotten all the championships on the bad guys now. You have the Money in the Bank briefcase on the bad guys, so you still have heat on these guys if the authority loses power, which is one reason why I would think Team Cena might take it. Um, If there's no Randy Orton on the show, period, he's just not going to be there. I think Team Cena wins completely. Okay. I'm still going under the assumption, even though he's not advertised, that Randy Orton's going to be there. No, it's St. Louis. It's a great thing. I think he might actually save Team Cena from the turn by whoever. Mm-hmm. Could be. Um, I'm calling my shot that I still think the new authority figure is going to be Paul Heyman in order to get him involved in both the Cena and possibly the Rollins storylines sure. while Brock isn't away. So, so that's why I think the authority is going to lose, and I think Paul Heyman's going to be the new authority figure. All right, so we've... We've uh, gone the same on Nikki, Bray, and the Miz team, and we differ on the main event. So that'll be our tiebreaker for this first ever battle of predictions on the show. Oh, what? Our fourth, our fourth or fifth one where, because you're 30 picks behind? I don't, yeah. I don't care if you had a 20-game lead on me before. That was preseason. Anyone Gosh. can rock spring training. Now it's, now it's the real thing here. All right, so yeah, we'll uh, keep track of that. Only four matches on the show. They have to add at least two more, you would think. I don't know who's left to do it, unless you're going to have the debut of A New Day and you have a Divas Survivor Series match. Are A New Day heels or faces? I think they're baby faces. Everyone's smiling, they're singing, they're happy. I think they're going to be baby faces. Who do they battle? I don't know. Maybe they debut the Ascension on this show, too. (laughs) <laughs> isn't that <laughs> that's your call that's your go-to call oh here's where the ascension could debut the ascension versus a new day aren't they kind of like like it's two completely different teams but their names mean the exact same thing in yeah. a way 
yeah, it's that'll be fun. I don't know what they do. Um, I don't think we're getting an NXT match. I mean, it's one week to go. I don't think it's happening. But speaking even, of NXT, even if, they, even if they did, they'd have Sami Zayn jobbing to Tyson Kidd or something. Speaking of NXT, <laughs> coming up this week on NXT is the uh, so last week on the show, Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville had one hell of a match for the NXT Let's title. Let's talk about last week's show. We're going we well, not... to talk about okay. last week's show. Oh, we, well, we are. Uh, mm. We're going to talk about last week's show. That Zayn Neville match. We also had the in-ring debut of Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. Um, this week on NXT. Yes. Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville will have a confrontation based on what happened. But go ahead and talk about what happened on last week's show. I loved this show. <laughs> I, every it was a good match, one. I was telling every people. Match, every match interested me. I, even, I have a soft spot in my heart for this mechanics team. Despite yeah. the fact that they have the most vanilla names in history, is it well, Wesley which, Black and? Well, they aren't the mechanics. Oh no, never mind. I'm. I'm see, it's Wesley Black and Wesley Blake. Wesley Blake. Buddy and Murphy. Buddy Murphy. That oh, I like those guys a lot. Uh-huh. Uh They're straight out of, as I said, they're straight out of '80s Jim Crockett Promotions jobber tag teams. I, I just think they need nicknames. Maybe not. You know over-the-top nicknames, but something to differentiate them because they both kind of look the same, too. They're, which, they're a little bit of the Bashams to me. Um, they need an express name or something like that to kind of get them going because they're already wearing the same matching tights. Yeah, they remind me a lot of the Bashams team that was coming up. Those good in the ring, but didn't really do much outside of that. Could use a manager. Could use a manager. Uh, loved the Sasha Banks-Alexa Bliss match. Yep. Alexa Bliss, poor... Poor thing, got her nose bloodied up from a vicious running slap to the face. I think that helps her. It gives her a little bit yeah, of toughness, absolutely. as opposed to being fairy pixie dust. Hey, she was trying yeah. to fight through it. Yeah. But Sasha, and your most improved wrestler of the year, was just possibly. bringing it to her. Because now she needs to improve on promos that are overscripted. It'd be a good call. Oh, man. Finn, um, Finn Balor's debut. He debuted in a tag team match with Hideo Itami against Justin Gabriel, Tyson Kidd. Um, enjoyed now, that. I, yeah, I was there live. Uh, they had a commercial break on TV during this match, and they took a little bit of the match away because it was definitely longer than what they showed <laughs> on TV. Um, very good live. The crowd really got behind Finn Balor. I don't know if I don't know what they're doing with the audio lately on the show, but it's not coming across as well on the TV program as it did live. But Finn Balor's a star. And I think people could see it from this match. I thought the interplay of Justin Gabriel and Tyson Kidd was great. Yeah, they were very I, good Tyson too. Kidd, Tyson Kidd, I mean, the heels, you know, they were still heels, but they had a logical reason for coming out there and fighting. Uh, and, and the match itself was pretty darn great. Um, it was fun seeing Tyson Kidd because Tyson Kidd was, he was total ring general during this match. Oh, and he's yeah. been doing it oh, a lot. God, yes. And during this, and, and even during the, uh, Triple threat match on uh, on SmackDown this week, which was phenomenal too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, that's why I've loved Tyson Kidd this past week. He's just been my favorite thing to watch. If you haven't Fact. seen if you haven't seen NXT from last week and you enjoy NXT when you see it, or like uh, you know if you enjoy Prince Devitt, Kenta, some of those guys, you have to go watch this show. One of the better episodes in a long time, uh, I believe. The uh, best episode of the tapings back in uh, October. So it was a very good show. More coming up later. Now the rest of the series will, you know, kind of go into the Sami Zayn, Adrian Neville uh, deal between those two. What'll happen stemming from oh, their and, NXT title and that match. match. 
that match was just great. I don't know if I liked the ending necessarily, just because. <sighs> and well, we'll get into this. With, we'll get into this with Jericho and Triple H match that I watched. But the but the ref, you either stop the match or you let it go. It you can't. Where... You can't do that. He's hurt. Wait for a second. Well, I think that that plays exactly into it. Sami Zayn is doing what the ref says, but you know, and Adrian Neville is just kind of ignoring everything, getting the win when he can get the win. It's it's a fluke win from Neville that you can say, okay, Sami Zayn didn't really lose, so it sets up his future NXT title match because he didn't really lose this one. It takes away from the moral. It takes away from the moral choice, though. Right. It wasn't really his choice. It was the ref telling him you can't attack him right now, as opposed to should I attack him or should I not? That 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 was my only qualm with it. I loved well, the match. Looking forward to their match in December. I'm sure I'm that'll I'm sure that. that'll play in later too. Is Sami Zayn? You know, he had a choice to make, and he didn't hurt his injured opponent. And mm. you're you might see a different side of Sami Zayn coming up here, where he doesn't care about that in the next title match. He's now, gonna... did Charlotte and uh, Sasha have a? Uh confrontation at the tapings you went to like on the mic you're you're gonna see stuff with sasha and charlotte i don't believe we'll see charlotte talk at all oh, okay but you'll see some stuff with them charlotte uh has a match coming up on future episodes um you got a lot of women's stuff happening in future right. episodes you got sasha banks all over the place you got you know, becky lynch you got blue uh-huh. pants coming back for revenge on <laughs> a lot of stuff happening on NXT. But yeah, some fun shows coming up. Fun shows coming up. Blue Pants. Blue Pants is back. Blue Pants is back. I have a joke, but it's terribly sexist, so yeah, continue. Don't, don't say jokes that are <laughs> terribly sexist. Not the time for it. You might get suspended for the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. WWE.com came out with a list of the top 100 matches available on WWE Network that you should see before you die. 100 matches, all available on WWE Network. So what we're going to do each week is review one of the matches from number 100 to number 1. So we'll start with number 100 this week, which was Chris Jericho and Triple H at Fully Loaded 2000 in a Last Man Standing match. And each week we'll just go into another episode. Probably won't have one on Sunday because that'll be our Survivor Series post-show. So we'll catch up with number 99 the week after. Um, but you watched Triple H and Chris Jericho. I did. I watched Triple H and Chris Jericho just a couple of hours ago. Okay. So it would be fresh in my mind. And uh, yeah, this was one of the best matches of 2000. It was the semi-main event of Fully Loaded to The Rock and Chris Benoit, part of three main event matches that were pitting some of the newer stars up against some of the established names. Uh, Mm -hmm. You had Rock and Benoit in the main event. You had Jericho and Triple H here. You had Angle and Undertaker in the match prior. Uh, That was kind of the story of the show among, you know, fans who are watching this closely. Uh, Yes. Before we get into the actual match itself, what did you remember from this match before actually going and watching it that might have been, you know, exactly how you remembered or maybe different than what you remembered? Or had you never seen this match before? Oh, no, I was a fan at this time. This this pay-per-view almost broke the internet. Yeah, it literally almost broke the internet because it's like a smarks, and I was one of them. And I know people hate that term, but I couldn't think of a better one off the fly just then. 
These are the new guys. Ooh, they're giving Benoit a chance against The Rock. Ooh, now's the time to elevate Jericho. Now's the time to make him. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, Angle and Undertaker is going to be awesome because Angle's such a great ring general and stuff. And they went 0 for 3 on the new guys. And people lost their damn minds. I remember that for sure. Just going, oh, here we go again. Everybody's getting buried. Da, 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 da. I remember the buildup being being a typical Triple H buildup in which he get, he belittles Jericho. Jericho yep. gets to Jericho gets to insult Stephanie. Um, Stephanie is partic- Al Pacino's telling Stephanie, "Hey, don't overact." Um, <laughs> especially in this match. I was watching this match and I'm thinking, I know it's 14 uh, years ago, but everything she's doing in this match helps her case for best non wrestler this year. No, it helps for being slightly improved. That's all it does. Yeah. She goes. She went from being unbearable to slightly watchable. Um, <laughs> Chris, Chris Jericho going into this match because the whole feud started with him kissing Stephanie. Yes, I can't remember if it was at King of the Ring or on one of the Smackdowns before. Um, and then there was the mystery of the flowers backstage. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I remember tr- that. He's trying to get it, you know, getting in with Stephanie here. And then the next few weeks on TV, Triple H and DX just do whatever they can to kind of throw it at Chris Jericho here. So by the time this match happens, it's a it's a big blood feud, basically. Yeah, Nick Foley, DX, DX had been jumping him for yeah. the past two weeks and yeah. hitting him with the sledgehammer. Yeah, so he turns it into a Mick Foley turns it into a last man standing, and that's where we're are and that's where we're at here. Only apparently the second last man standing match in WWE history. JR says that as the match uh, is starting or as they're making their entrances, and I was a little surprised at that. I didn't realize it was only the second in history at that time. I knew it was kind of a newer match for him, right? But only the second one that threw me back a little bit. Maybe it's just because we've seen about twenty since then. Well, and also you've seen a lot of I quit matches. Yeah. And they're almost the same thing. Kind of kind of um, blend together a little bit. But before we get... So Jericho this, had been taking his vitamins. Yeah. No, he was, he was, <laughs> looking, he was looking good in this He match. was huge. That gets me to a question I want to ask you. But before, okay. um, before this question, because I'll get to it right now. Uh, this was Chris Jericho's pay-per-view history leading up to this match. Two pay-per-views before, he lost to Chris Benoit Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. The pay-per-view after that, King of the Ring... He lost uh-huh. to Kurt Angle. Yes. And then here we are at Fully Loaded battling Triple H. So right. his previous two opponents were the other two newcomers that people were really expecting big things from on this pay-per-view and that we're hoping would be elevated. I tell you what, though, and I think 14 years later, everyone agrees with this. So what Chris Jericho lost, this match turned him into a big deal. Disagree. Really? Slightly disagree on this. This was the time to elevate Chris Jericho into a star, and they refused to pull the trigger because I remember in context all all this stuff. This was the time to do it, and he would have been a megastar because I also looked at the pay-per-view history. Look at what happened after this. I know. He had a match with Benoit. He had the two out of three with Benoit. Lost Benoit again, yeah. He had, then he went into a feud with X-Pac where they, I believe they traded wins, and then he he was trading wins with Kane. Okay, 2003, Triple H does an interview saying that he doesn't think Chris Jericho has what it takes to be an A player or a main event superstar. So three years after this match, he's still getting digged at by the powers that be. And if you had given him the win here, he would have been a guy. And they just wouldn't do it and because of whatever reasons they had, you know, ego, 
people keeping their spots. He's a WCW guy. He's a cruiserweight. Whatever BS crap went on behind the scenes, this was the time to give him the big win. And Triple H does this a lot in programs he's in. It's 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 the same thinking that jeopardizes TNA at times and jeopardizes WCW back in the day. If you just put the guy in the match with a star and he's competitive, but he loses, he'll get the shine off of that. It doesn't work that way. He needs the win and he needs a clean win. So my question to you was going to be, since we're 14 years after this match, okay. we had Chris Jericho versus Triple H with Stephanie McMahon. Yes. Who has aged the most in those 14 years? Triple H. Really? You think so? I'm looking at Chris Jericho on this Chris show. Chris Jericho looks different because he's, he's thinner. He's thinner, he's d- lighter, but his face. Okay. I mean, Chris Jericho had a baby face. Like, up to, up to as much as you could think of a baby face, that was Chris Jericho. Well, Triple H has a contour map on his forehead. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, um... I thought, I, remember, I thought it was Jericho Dave, aged the most. But. Dave, Mel- Dave Meltzer rated the, gave this match, I believe, four and a half stars. Four and a half stars. The Rock Benoit, he gave four and a quarter. This was one of, uh, you know, as far as voters, because that's Meltzer's opinion. I thought it was excellent. Um, it also came in seventh in the year-end Wrestling Observer Awards for match of the year. So it, it came in seventh. It was one of the ten best matches in the world in 2000. I, I'd go there. My... Opinion rewatching it is a little. It's odd, I because I'm noticing things now that I didn't notice before, and so I, I downgraded it slightly lower than when I watched it the first time. I, and, the, and I'll and I'll tell you why. Yeah, one of the things I noticed right off the bat as soon as it ended, and we'll kind of go into the match a little bit. Is, okay. Um, when it ended, I'm thinking that 20 minutes. It went 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. It flew by. Yes. I when I saw you know Triple H gets bloodied in this match, I'm thinking, why is he bloodied only five minutes in? And it was 15 minutes in. Yeah, they, because they went right at it. That was the one thing I first noticed. There was no, there were no, you know, locks. There was no locking up. Right to start, this was a blood feud. Jericho was pissed at Triple H for everything DX has done to him for the last three weeks. Uh-huh. Jericho just starts the match going right at him, and Jericho has control early. Triple H gets the control back when it goes outside. And that was, you know, classic JR telling the story. JR was wonderful in this match. Yes. He, he was getting JR, over. Yeah, no, I have that on my notes that JR was great. And and even the King had a few good lines. Like, like take the bandages off because they're causing a rash. And then dodging the questions about his wives. Yeah. The I thought that was good. Because I, one of the things I was thinking during this match is imagining if it was Cole, Lawler, and JBL calling this th- you know, main event type match here. And it would not be the same at all. Cause JR is telling you what the submissions mean. Like this was a no submission match. It was last man standing, but JR is getting over why they would be putting these guys in submissions. And it made perfect sense. Well, uh, uh, yeah, just to go back real quick. Yeah. I, I criticized triple H a lot, but he gigged on that chair shot. I think he might've had the blade in his fingertip. Well, so when he blocked it with his hand, it went back across his forehead, but man, he was a bloody mess. Oh, he, he went for it on that one. And I can't fault him for that. Cause it made it much more compelling. And Ross, that's when Ross turned it on. Like, Oh, now he has another problem. He's running out of blood. So he might be losing consciousness. That's when Ross really kicked it into overdrive. And I thought really started to get into his groove on this 
Yeah, Mike Kyoto was the referee in this match. That and is my problem with the go match. For it, you, go for you it. You went right. Mike Kyoto was awful. Just terrible in this match. Was it when he was yelling at Triple H that there were no submissions? It was all of it. He was getting far too involved in this match to make it seem like he was doing something during the time when he should have just been laying back and let these two fight. You know, yelling, I mean, it's a no disqualification match. Why are you counting when someone's in the ropes? He, he completely botched the two submission type things because he was, because uh, when Jericho was put in a submit, when Jericho put Triple H in the, in the walls, there was nothing. But when Triple H had him in the abdominal stretch, he was yelling at Triple H that he should let go of the hold. He's, when he's on the outside, he's trying to keep them from using weapons and stuff. It's a last man standing match, Kyoto. Get out of the way. I thought and, it, and, and it really detracted from my enjoyment because I'm it? watching him going, well, he's also just genuflecting all over the place and just it, it wasn't necessary. Stay out of the way. You're there to take to count to 10. That's it. Yeah. When we talk about the announcers, if it was different, how different the match would be. I I was also thinking how different the match would be if it was Charles Robinson refereeing because Charles Robinson is the perfect example of a ref who stays out of the way. Yes. And Charles Robinson knows every time there's a violent shot, he winces. Oh yeah. Or, or he curls up. He knows how to do, he knows when to pick his spots of when he should be overacting. Kyoto was just in every, in the face a whole time, just talking and talking and talking. I'm just like, Mike, I'm trying to watch a match. I'm trying to watch two men fight. <laughs> Get out of the way. Oh, I think that's why that, it was downgrade. I just could yeah. not stand Mike Kyoto in this I, match. I was focusing more on Jim Ross during, cause at the same time that, you know, Triple H had uh, Chris Jericho in the abdominal stretch, and then Chris Jericho had Triple H in the walls of Jericho. And both times, Kyoto is yelling at them, there's no submissions, there's no submissions, break it, blah, blah, blah. While JR on commentary is talking about how they're not going for a, a submission to get someone to quit. They're going right. for him to inflict punishment, you know, get him to pass out so that they're down for a 10 count. There was a rope break in the first few minutes of this. Yeah. Kyoto was counting to five on a rope break. I don't necessarily in a last blame man standing match. I don't necessarily blame Kyoto for the rope breaks because they do this sometimes where they'll, you know, if it works out, if it's a transition, like they need to get out of this uh, submission hold, so let's do a rope break. They do it in cage matches all the time and then choose to ignore it some other times. I don't really fault Kyoto for that. It, that's match structure. Okay. But JR was excellent on the. You know, yes. giving us the reason why people would be using submissions in a no submission match. He was excellent. He got this match over like gangbusters. Again, it flew by to me. It was a quick 22 minutes. Uh, I thought the work from Jericho. I thought Stephanie at ringside, you know, when doing the same thing she was doing at Mania this year. When Triple H was down, she was, you know, kind of hiding her head. She was crying in shame. When Triple H was up, she was just fully getting Chris Jericho's face. The sell job at the end as you know, because the Triple H won after hitting a backdrop driver on Chris Jericho from the announce, uh, not announce table. It was the timekeeper table through the right. announce table. Like, yes, sometimes we see these last man standing matches end with like superstar big moves. And I actually right. I couldn't remember what the finish to this match was. So I thought it might actually be some type of submission. Like after they were building up the submission so much, I just couldn't remember. But a backdrop onto the announce table. Both men are selling down. Triple H finally gets up on wobbly legs at nine, gets the win, and then falls right back down. Yeah. Covered in blood, and Triple H is down. Stephanie goes over to him. 
smearing her hands in all his blood to try and wipe it off of her, uh, wipe it off of his face. And Trip and Stephanie is down there, like in tears, wondering if Triple H is even alive. Like, what happened here? Well, was the, all this blood. It was an excellent reaction from Stephanie. I thought. That was the only one other than only other, other than the kisses. But other than that, the, the scenery chewing was a little bit much from uh, right. from the uh, crimp haired princess. Uh, <laughs> but the end was good. And I liked the little yeah. moments where they're just like kissing and whatnot. That's yeah. fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I thought the I, th- I think you're right. I, I like. I like matches that end on on non monumental moves as, as a change of pace. And, yeah. and and as a standalone match, it's fine. Me knowing the context of all this, it, it, it gives me that jaundiced view as I would. But I overall, I, I really enjoyed this, except, of course, for my Kyoto. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the entire presentation. Um, it was as good as I remembered, because, again, I couldn't remember it that well. I hadn't seen it in so long. Um, but I like the way they finished it up there. I like Triple H getting the win, because in the context of just this match alone, Chris Jericho was this guy. You talked about how Stephanie and Triple H would do their little kissing stuff during the match because Triple H was taking Chris Jericho lightly. Chris Jericho wasn't a contender to be on Triple H's level. Right. So they Triple had bl- t- done the little thing, but they'd, they'd also gang attacked him for the past two or three right, weeks. Let, let him get the win. Well, they So regardless of that, he's this guy who wasn't... <laughs> hold on. He was this guy that wasn't on Triple H's level. But by the end, Triple H escaped through the skin of his teeth, barely, against this Chris Jericho guy. I know what happens after the fact, but if you were just to go look back at this match, Chris Jericho came out a huge star in this. Yes, but that doesn't fit reality. I don't know. Okay. Sometimes That's reality a, isn't the... Uh, it is. Isn't the most Oh, you got to live in your fantasy world where now Chris Jericho was a main event player. Okay. I'm going to live in my fantasy world where I'm going 4-0 on these predictions, taking a huge lead in our first prediction battle. Of I'm all going time. to I'm going to decimate you. No, you are not. Well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, you can't because we pretty much picked the same things. But we have to do something else before we leave uh, today's show because there's breaking news. Secret Santa. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> we, we have a new match added to Survivor Series okay. just now. Give it to me. It is a Divas Survivor Series elimination <laughs> match. Only four on four. They're not, they don't apparently with Rosa being with Fandango, there's uh there's no room for five on five. It's going to be four and four. I'm going to give you the teams. Are they dressed as pilgrims and Indians? No, they're dressed normally. Uh, Okay. Um, so we're going to have the survivor series match. We're, we now have five matches for the predictions. So we're going to use this one. We're going to make this prediction. Our first team is led by Natalia. Uh huh. And her teammates will be Alicia Fox, Naomi, (laughs) Okay. And hashtag Emma. Hashtag Emma. Her opponents, led by Paige, okay. will be teaming with Summer Rae, uh-huh. Layla, uh-huh. and Cameron. So we have Team Paige and Team Natty. Jeff Hawkins, who you got? Team Natty. Team Natty, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you, yeah, because why does, why does Paige need to win at this point? And and her partners aren't much. I love Layla. Don't get me wrong. Natalia's but. partners aren't much either. I, I, They're talented though. We have. And they, they could use the rub. So in my predictions, I have heel, 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 winning all four matches. Um. So there's five. Huh? There's five. There's matches. four. Well, no. There's this one. 
Right, this is number five, yes. Okay. So, so that's what I'm you... saying. But in all other four matches, I have the heels winning. So wow. I'm going to change the baby face here. Wow. Go out on that limb. Team Natalia. Mm, look at you putting it through a computer, you crunching got, the numbers. You got Team Natalia too, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean... It, I pretty much, I pretty much think you're copying me because I always get it right. Well, no. First of all, I mean, not a bad, <laughs> not a bad strategy, is it? I mean, really? No, it's no, no, it's not. It really isn't. I'm a genius. No, yeah. shut up. That's but I mean, doing. I'm looking at my card here, and what are they going to have? St. Louis just get a bunch of heel victories? Yes, it's a free show. It doesn't matter. And then Vince will come out and yell at people for not being entertained. And watch the <laughs> Usos will win the tag team titles. Team Cena will win. Dean Ambrose will get the victory over Bray. I have no problem with that. I could still be, be very bad. My spring because, training might not be over. Because, Rob, my self-esteem is not based on my record. Right. Yours is. My self-esteem is based on very fragile things. Oh, I, I can tell. On Sunday, Jeff and I will be back <laughs> with our guest at Dylan Waco. Dylan Hales will join us to talk about everything coming off of Survivor Series. Uh, we will also take your calls, your emails, your tweets. So if you have thoughts on what happens on Survivor Series, listen live at shakethemropes.com. Give us a call. All the uh, call-in information is on our Twitter and shakethemropes.com right there on the main page. So that'll there's, be fun. There's, there's only five matches, kids. Please send a lot of opinions. We're going to need stuff to talk about. Only five matches. And then uh, later on in the week, we'll be back to talk about match number 99 on the top 100. You know what number 99 is, Jeff? I do not. Goldberg and Diamond Dallas Page. Mm. From Halloween Havoc 98, the main event of the show coming after that awesome Warrior Hogan match. I remember this match. It was the match where I actually bought the show. I bought Halloween Havoc 98, and it was the show that the main event started right before the 11 o'clock hour. So most of the main event was cut off of pay-per-view. That's right. They showed it live on Nitro the next night in its entirety to make up for that fact. But we're going to talk about the world title match, Goldberg mm-hmm. DDP from Havoc 98, next week on Shake Them Ropes. Uh, anything else before we say goodbye? If you want to follow my inane ramblings, I'm at CrapGame13 on Twitter. At CrapGame13. I'm at Shake Them Ropes and at Let's Say Things. Uh, follow that. Enjoy, uh, enjoy Survivor Series, everybody. Enjoy NXT this week. Enjoy your free preview for all those who don't pay for the network. You guys are the smart ones. You are the thinkers. Never pay for the network, and you might actually get it for free most of the year is the way this is turning out on the network. Uh, Rob McCarran here, Jeff Hawkins. We're saying goodbye for this episode of Shake Them Ropes, episode 50. Success! As Lana says, I'm the best. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.